interception. Washington's got it. Washington's got it. Number one, Lewis Jones. You are about to enter the lounge, the sports lounge, with your host, Big Lou, and me, Big Lou's homie, Tony Kelly. You ready for the lounge? Welcome to the Sports Lounge with Big Lou. Born in Venice, California, the son of a preacher man. He went to the University of Washington football team starting as a strong safety and outside linebacker. Big Lou has taken home three Pac-10 titles and two Rose Bowl wins. He had an undefeated season and a national championship in 1991. He's the CEO of Holy Fit 310. Trainer to the California Hollywood elite. And now, please give it up for your host, Big Lou. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome. Happy Monday to you. Good morning if you're in that part of the country. This is the Sports Lounge with Big Lou. I'm the host, Big Lou. Thank you for joining us today. You know what, guys? We're going to jump right into it. Uh, You know, we we don't have a lot of time. My special guest today took some time out of his busy day uh, to join us. So I want to make sure we get right to him and, and give you guys uh, as much time as possible to enjoy him on the show today uh, and for me to maximize him being here uh, to take advantage of him uh, and some downtime on the show today. But, you know, uh, we do have some other stuff to go over real quick. So let's just go ahead and jump right into that first new segment. And now with Big Lou's Sports Lounge, chaos on the court. Man, it's been just that, ladies and gentlemen, chaos on the court. Uh, college basketball is wrapping up. Uh, let's go over the NBA real quick yesterday just to get that done. And the Wizards got basically beat up badly like they like they stole something uh, by the Boston Celtics. Recording in progress. Boston Celtics put up a whopping 144 on the Wizards, and the Wizards came away with 102. Mavericks took out the Bucks 118-112. The Nuggets beat up on the Lakers. That's not saying much. Uh, Nuggets 129-118 the Lakers. Phoenix and the Pacers, excuse me, the Pistons and the Pacers had a good match. Pistons came out with the win, 121-117. 76ers knocked out the Cavaliers, 112-108. The Knicks beat up on the Magic, 118-88. The Heat, 114. The Raptors, 109. Timberwolves put up a big 139 and just got the win over the Rockets, 132. The Suns, 96. Oklahoma City Thunder, 117. The Trailblazers put up a whopping 92 points to fall to the Spurs, 113. Uh, The Warriors, 109. The Kings, 90. And to round it off, the Pelicans, 100. The Clippers got the win over the Pelicans, 119. And want to send a shout-out to uh, our two two college teams that are going to be playing tonight uh, for the college championship. Uh, the North Carolina Tar Heels, their run is still going. The HC coming into the March Madness tournament, uh, and they'll be facing the no- the last number one seed that made it, uh, the Kansas Jayhawks. Listen, guys, it's going to be a great match. It's on tonight. Be sure to tune in. It's going to be a lot of fun. And that's what we have for Chaos on the Court for today. Um, just wanted to get that out there. And if you guys did not have a chance to get out, uh, this Sunday, this past Sunday, yesterday, to the Los Angeles Coliseum to see Major League Rugby live with our home team, the Los Angeles Guiltinis. You absolutely missed a phenomenal show. 
you know, what we say in the NFL, offense is about show, defense is about go. Uh, but in Major League Rugby with the, with the Giltinis yesterday, they gave you both shows. They gave you offense and defense. Man, it was super exciting. They went on head and put a natural whooping on the Dallas Jackals. I believe the final score was 47 to 7. And, you know, that's an exciting game to go watch, especially for the home crowd, because uh, there's lots of things happening on offense and defense, or, you know, in this case, when we have the ball and when we don't have the ball, uh, the ebbs and flows of rugby. I'm getting more acclimated to the game of rugby myself. Um, and I, I mentioned to some of the upper management for the L.A. Giltinis, if a spot does come available, even though I'm a little bit older now, I'm trying out. So, uh I don't know if I'm joking or not. I'm probably joking, to be quite honest with you all. It hurts a little bit some weekends to get up in the morning, uh, but that's neither here nor there. I'd go out and give it my best shot. And so, listen, today we have in the lounge with us, you, you know, uh, I, I don't even know how to begin with all the accolades this gentleman has. So let me just get right to it. He took time out of his busy schedule today to join us in the lounge. It's the Los Angeles Guiltini Center. Billy Meeks. Billy, thank you for joining us today, man. Thank you for taking time to hang out with me in the lounge. How are you? How are things going for you and the Guiltinis? Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, things are going well. I can't complain. Obviously, get to play professional rugby living in L.A., uh, I'm originally from Sydney, Australia, so it's it's very much like home in many many ways. But um, yeah, can't complain. Season's going well. We're starting to get a bit of a roll on now. And as you just touched on, yesterday's game was was unbelievable. And uh, yeah, we're starting to get some form, which is nice. Now I'm I'm curious. I, I know you know before before we started today, you had made you know we were kind of you know just joking around talking about yesterday's game, um, mm-hmm. and you had the day off, uh, which is neither here nor there. So I'm curious. How does one of your stature, your skill, uh, what you bring to the team in the locker room, on the field, on the sidelines, how does one get the day off um, and and then miss out on so much fun in a game like yesterday's game where we go and put up 47 uh, and hold the Jackals to only seven? Like, does that, does that bug you a little bit? Were you excited that you had that day off? Or if you can go back and do it again – Mm. Would you not take that day off with hindsight, knowing what happened, and play in the match? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. It's a bit of a double-edged sword. I mean, first and foremost, I did not, certainly not want the day off. Uh, <laughs> I think it, was, it wasn't my call at the end of the day. But, um, yeah, we've, I think we're nine games into the season, and we've got a long stretch ahead of us. And I think I've played every minute of every game. So our coach said, um, you know, tapped me on the shoulder and said, we're going to give you this week off because we've got a couple of big games coming up. And, uh, we're pretty fortunate. We've got a pretty talented squad with a lot of depth and obviously it gives other guys an opportunity to wear the jersey and go out there and show what they got. Um, and now I'm sweating for my spot because the boys went out there and scored 47 points. So <laughs> I have the week off, but you probably won't be playing again. So I'm going to have to try, try and as hard as I can this week to get back in the team. Absolutely. I, you know what? I get that as well. It's, you know, it's, it's one of those, you know, you, you get invited to a cool party, but then you're a little kind of tired. Like, you know, nah, I think I'm going to just still stay in and relax this evening. And then you find out all the who's who's are at the party. And yes. it's sad that we missed it. Uh, and we won't get another opportunity like that for some time. But fortunately for yourself, in case you guys are unaware, the Los Angeles Guiltinis, you know, last year being their first year here in the MLR uh, in Los Angeles, they do nothing but just go out and win the championship. So naturally, as competitive as rugby already is, in all of our sports for that matter, 
coming back as the defending champions, you're going to have even more people really stepping up, coming after you guys um, to try to knock you off and take what is currently yours, which is that championship title. Uh, and if you guys have not been following the Guiltinis, you know, we, we did, and I say we, we did start off a little slow uh, this season, uh, but nonetheless, they have found their stride for sure, uh, putting an exclamation mark on that yesterday against Dallas. And we've won our last three matches in a row. Is that correct? Am I, am I reading that correct. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Deal. What would you say is the difference between how we started and where we are now in terms of hitting our stride, getting these last couple wins under our belt? Uh, has anything changed in terms of practice, the energy, the players, the coaches, or is it just we're just kind of settling in now to this year, getting getting out of the... Um, so they came out and they, they just bashed us and it was a bit of a, a rude awakening, a bit of a shock for us. And I think that's when we sort of came in the change room after the game. We said, this is going to be a lot tougher than last year. And our head coach told us from day one of preseason this year that it's going to be a lot different to last year. So change your sort of expectations and on the flip side every team is recruited really well the competition is getting so much better every game is so much harder um but yeah to your point i think i think we're just starting to find our feet a little bit combinations are starting to brew uh everyone's getting a little bit more game time we've got a new coaching setup so everyone's getting used to that sort of structural things um but yeah it takes time as you know in team sports to sometimes just click and um you know the last three weeks have been great for us and Obviously, playing at home at the Coliseum just adds that little bit of extra spice for us. And we've got two more games coming up at home. So it's always nice to run out in front of the home crowd. And we, we definitely sort of go up a level when we play here as well. Man, absolutely. You know, it's there's there's something to be said for, you know, home field advantage. Uh, but sure. also in the same respect, you know, especially in the, the essence of being a, a, a real, a, a true athlete, a competitor, if you will, uh, where we do love home field advantage. We also love nothing more than to travel, go into that hostile environment where all their fans are going crazy, the team is going crazy, they have that reputation, and then the loudest sound there is is that deafening silence when you shut them down and you beat them in their own home. There's nothing greater than that. There's so, nothing better. Amen. Amen. You know, I, 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 that's one of the things that I definitely miss uh, playing competitive sports, um, the, the, the crashes and the bangs and the booms and then that silence of that home crowd uh, when you're in somebody else's stadium and it's just quiet and they're just standing wondering what just happened. Listen, guys, we're at that point real quick. We have to take a quick break. Uh, but before we take this quick break, I want to drop a quick question on Billy to see how much he knows. We'll get the answer from Billy when we come back. The question, Billy, for you is this. Most tries in a single rugby match. Hold tight. We're going to get that answer when we come back from the break. This is Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. We'll be right back. Be sure to join Big Lou in the Sports Lounge every Monday at 12 p.m., rebroadcast Monday at 10 p.m., Wednesday at 4 a.m., and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Get into the lounge. The Sports Lounge can be found on your radio dial at 96.9 FM and AM 1290 KZSB.
Hey everybody, welcome back. Welcome back to right here at AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. You are listening to the Sports Lounge with Big Lou and my special guest from the Los Angeles Guiltinis today, Mr. Billy Meeks Center. Uh, real quick, want to put this out there for you guys. Hey, if you if you missed the game yesterday, it was a huge match. It was a fun match, super exciting, lots of fireworks. It was a first responders match. It was the Giltini's way of giving back to the first responders in the Los Angeles community. Uh, all first responders at the match yesterday were free entry. That's right. I said it. The Giltini's had free tickets for all first responders at yesterday's match versus the Dallas Jackals. Uh, and if you went to the Giltini's homepage on the Ticketmaster, the event page, and got your tickets, you could have got your tickets for 30% off yesterday as well. So look, at the Giltini's are giving back not only to the first responders, but the entire Los Angeles community. Do yourself a favor. Come out. Check out a match. The next match coming up, our next home game, is this coming Sunday, April 10th at 4 p.m. at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. The Giltinis will be taking on Rugby United New York. And in case you are wondering if you really missed it, guess what? They're going to give you another opportunity, ladies and gentlemen. If You, you can get your Giltinis tickets at guiltinis.com slash schedule. When you pull that up, Use the code RUGBY, and you're still going to get 30% off tickets for the coming match against Rugby United New York. Again, that's guiltinis.com slash schedule. Use the code RUGBY. You're going to save 30% on your tickets uh, at the match this coming weekend. It's a good time, guys. The weather is getting more consistently better. What a, what a good way to spend a Sunday afternoon uh, with the family, with friends, Come out and support the Giltinis. It's a good time, and hopefully I will get to see you all there. Listen, uh, we're in the lounge. We have Billy Meeks, Center for the Los Angeles Giltinis, and in case you guys are unaware, let me just give you a little bit more on, on Billy himself. He made a huge success of his debut season with the Giltinis and will be a key figure uh, again in the 2020, 2022 season. Uh, he grew up in Sydney's northern beaches and attended rugby nursery St. Joseph College in Hunters Hill. Um, the center was part of the 2011 Australia U20s team that finished third at the U20s World Championships. So, uh, you know, it's it's funny because the, the Giltinis are made up of a bunch of different athletes, rugby players from all across the, the world for that matter. And it's interesting, Billy, how was it for you first coming into the Giltinis with all the different, you know, players from around? Did you have any existing relationships or friendship with some of the guys? Or was it completely like a complete new thing for you coming in and, and building that chemistry and camaraderie with, with, the, with your, your teammates? Uh, yeah, geez, it was interesting last year because, I mean, normally when you move to a new team, there's always going to be new faces and uh, new people that you haven't met before. But this is a team that actually didn't exist before we came here. So we didn't have a we didn't have a headquarters. We didn't have a gym. We didn't have a training facility. So everything was, um, yeah, started from scratch. And that's, to be honest, one of the main reasons I came here that was appealing to me. But I did know a couple of uh, a couple of boys from back home that I'd played with before. But for the most part, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know anyone. So. 
it's been really cool. We had a pre-season camp. We were lucky enough to go to Maui last year for five weeks and we all we all flew out there and met for the first time and trained there for five weeks. And when we got back on that plane, it was a, a very tight group and uh, that definitely went a long way to, to get in the championship last year, just how tight we became. You know, I've got to tell you, there has to be something sad about spending that that focused quality time away from everything that's going on just with your mates uh and, and your and your team and and you know the upper administration obviously the coaching staff uh and everybody working towards that common goal getting on the same page seeing what all the attributes we all have to bring to the table and then how we're going to mesh that all together for the common good of the entire sure. organization uh, with that said, guys, right before we went to break, we dropped a question on on Billy uh, to see just how much he is really in tune with the history of rugby. And the question was, Billy, I'll bring it up one more time. We'll see what your answer is. Most tries in a single rugby match. Take your guess. Okay. Okay. So I, I would like to think that I have a good understanding of the game. I'm trying to think how many tries I've seen in a game that I've witnessed. I'd say maybe four or five is the max that I've seen ever. I can't – if it's if it's double figures, then it's got to be made up because if someone scored more than 10 tries, then I need to find out who that person is and call them to congratulate them. So please hit me with the number and tell me it's not more than seven or eight. It is more than eight. Okay, so it's nine? The actual number is 10. No, ten, it's not. 10, is the, it, ten is the recorded – number of most tries in a single rugby match and it was done by a gentleman of the name Lionel Cooper for the Huddersfield for Huddersfield November 17th 1951. There you go I mean I I don't think I've scored 10 tries in my career let alone 10 in a game so fair play to that like he's done well. (laughs) He did pretty well now I will say this you know it's it's I look at it and this is not to minimize what the gentleman did. I mean, you know, for, for those of you who may not know, 10 tries in rugby, it, it, in the NFL, that would be considered touchdowns, okay, just to make sure some of us are, are caught up to speed. Uh, some of our listeners may not even know rugby actually started in America in the 1800s, um, and we can actually do some more American rugby history a little bit later in the show. Um, but that's like, you know, early on, the, the game has definitely evolved from 1951 to where it is today. And I think it's sure, pretty yeah. safe to say that the, the size of the rugby players then versus now, the speed of the game then versus now are completely night and day. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming, would that not be a fair assessment from your angle, Bill? I mean, obviously you weren't playing in 1951, but just, you know, the history of the game itself has always evolved and it'll continue to evolve, such as our athletes. So I think it's fair to say that uh, the opposition that, you know, uh, uh, Lionel Cooper probably faced back then might not be the same today, um, uh, th- you know, for him to be able to, to achieve 10 tries. Now, let me ask you, sure. what's the most tries that you've scored in a match at any time in your career? I think I might have scored three in a game, which is pretty, pretty good. Um, any more than three, you're, you're either getting really greedy or you're just having a very lucky day. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's funny. Now it's that's interesting. Now, w- give our listeners because you you know we have a huge rugby community here in Santa Barbara. But for everyone that's listening and following the show, exactly what is the center's position? Your responsibility, offensively and defensively. Okay, so um, the center's main role is probably so in rugby you have the team split between backs and forwards. There's two positional groups, two main positional groups. 
uh, a center is a back and you're essentially the link between the forwards and the backs. So a lot of distributing with by passing the ball and kicking the ball. And you're sort of like a general. I wouldn't say you're a quarterback, but you're, you're sort of like a, a second-tier quarterback whereby you're sort of um, yeah directing everyone around. Okay, got it. That makes a little more sense now. Uh, you know what, guys? I, we, we have another break coming up here real quick, but I want to have some more fun with Billy. We're going to drop another 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 trivia question on Billy here, uh, and we'll get his answer when we come back from the break. And here we go, Billy. My, my question to you is this. What year did rugby start? And I'm going to make it multiple choice for you. 1844, oh. 1845, or 1846? Hold that thought. Hey, everyone, you're listening to the Sports Lounge with Big Lou right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. My guest in the lounge today, Billy Meeks, center for the Los Angeles Guiltinis, the world champion Los Angeles Guiltinis going back for a second run. Billy took time out of his day to join us. We will be right back. Out of the ordinary, like catch a baby. You are the prototype. I think I Welcome back to the lounge, the sports lounge with Big Lou. And now, here's your host. Big Lou. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's me, Big Lou, the host of the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB and 96.9 FM. In the lounge today is the Los Angeles Guiltini Center. Billy Meeks took time out of his day to join us. Uh, And I just want to make sure I put this out there so you guys all have an opportunity to take advantage. The Guiltinis, we started a little slow this year, but they are on a hot streak right now winning their last three matches uh, and winning the third one yesterday in huge form over the Dallas Jackals, 47-7. Do yourself a favor. Get out to the Guiltini's next home game. That's this coming Sunday, April 10th at 4 p.m. versus Rugby United New York. It's at the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, guys. Listen, you can get your Guiltini tickets at guiltinis.com slash schedule. Again, that's guiltinis.com slash schedule. And in the in the uh, in the ticket part where you're you're getting your tickets, if you type in the code rugby, it'll tell you somewhere in there to say if you have a code, enter your code. The code is rugby, guys. When you enter that code, you're gonna get another thirty percent off on your tickets. I mean, all we're asking you to do is to come out to the game. We're gonna take thirty percent off your tickets. We want more fans in the stands with cans in their hands. That's how we're doing it with the Los Angeles Guiltinis, guys. What better way to spend a Sunday afternoon than at the Memorial Coliseum, Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, um, with the Los Angeles Guiltinis with a can in the hand, uh, spend some quality time with the fam, 
uh, and come out and support the Los Angeles Guillotines. Major League Rugby is here in Los Angeles to stay. And last year, we won the title. And so we are the defending champions. Let's come out and give them all the support that we have that we do in L.A., as you know how we do. Uh, that said, we, we went to break. We dropped another question on Billy uh, right before we went to the break. And that question, Billy, coming back at you, the question was, what year did rugby start? And we made it multiple choice. Is it 1844, 1845, or 1846? Okay. Well, full disclosure, I've absolutely got no idea. But what I'm going to go with is my lucky number is six. So I'm going to try, I'm going to lock in C, 46. Not he locked you're in going C. to tell me that's wrong. Uh, I'm not going to tell you that's wrong, but there was a better choice. <laughs> uh, the actual answer is the actual answer is 1845. Um, there you go. And uh, how about this? I'm going to ask you a bonus question to see if you can recoup on that question. Just to make me look even worse. Is that what's is that absolutely what's that not? Look, but this is what we, <laughs> this is what we do in the lounge, Billy. We hang out, we crack jokes, we have a good time, and you know, you never know who's going to be the the smarter looking one that day or the one who's For not sure. looking so smart. But you know, no matter what happens, I know I'm the smart one because I have a shaved head. I don't like to say bald. I say shaved head. Shaved bald, head is, yeah. bald is egregious uh, and it, it could be traumatic to some people. Uh, but agree. where did it all start? Rugby started. Oh, this is, I'm not going to give it. This is your bonus question. Where did, where did rugby start, Billy? Let's, let's see if you got the answer to that one. I'd like to think it started in England. Yeah, right on point. I mean, that's pretty simple right there. And that started at rugby school in rugby Warwickshire. Warwickshire. Okay. Warwickshire. Thank you. Uh, in England. That's good. And it was in 1845. Now. There you go. We're all learning something today. This is great. Yeah. You know what? I try to remain a student. Uh, you know, I, and this Ooh. is all jokes aside. The minute that we think we know everything, we can't learn anything. Uh, and that's where we stop growing as a person. Uh, and and that's sure. my honest truth about that. Um, you know, I, I volunteer coach two little league teams, both of my boys teams who are five and seven. Um, and I got to tell you, these five and seven, these five, six, seven, eight year olds teach me something every day. Uh, and yeah, that's it's, amazing. It's, it's a very humbling thing. And it's a very beautiful thing all in the same. Uh, I embrace it. I enjoy it. And that's one way that I keep myself young. Uh, until I go out and try to do some of the things that they do, like swinging on monkey bars, trying to hula hoop. No matter how much I think, I still have the ability to do some things. One thing I cannot do anymore is hula hoop. My hips just don't work the same way. Yeah, I don't think I've ever been able to do that. So you got one <laughs> on for me there. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make a request to um to to the guillotines and see if we can't get some hula hoops out there for you guys to work uh, on your yeah. hip mobility. I think that would be absolutely amazing to watch a bunch of professional rugby players try to work a hula hoop. How fun would that be? Well, I'm going to do my best to make sure that request doesn't make it to head office. <laughs> well, <laughs> Kevin Battle, if you're listening, get those uh, hula hoops ready. <laughs> hey, guys, listen, I want you to know a little bit more uh, about Billy Meeks. He is, he is the founder of Bald Co. Billy, can you tell us a little bit about Bald Co. and exactly what that is? Yeah, um, so it's a clothing brand that I started just about three years ago now. And I, um, I've always sort of had an interest in fashion and I always wanted to do something outside rugby to sort of keep, keep my mind away from the game when I'm not at training um, and just sort of crack down. And as you said, just keep learning and learning about the business world and stuff like that. So 
obviously I lost my hair or I started to lose my hair when I was pretty young, maybe 19, 20. And I saw when I shaved my head, I found it quite, quite liberating, quite a powerful thing. Uh, and I obviously a, a lot of men go through it and I, I sort of feel like it's got a bad stigma around it, but I found it such a powerful thing. So I sort of thought, you know, I'll, I'll create a, a clothing brand that is sort of celebrating being bald as opposed to trying to hide it. Um, so yeah, that's sort of how it all started and just having a bit of fun with it and learning along the way. It's been great. You know what? That's amazing. And it's funny, you know, I, uh, from playing American football, I mean, it's weird. You, you can't really tell, you know, obviously with helmets on and whatnot, yeah, and, yeah. you know, everybody's hairstyle is different nowadays, you know, <laughs> myself, like, like yourself, I, I can't say if I started losing my head or if it was because of the Jerry Crow that I had <laughs> or with all the chemicals back then, uh, in those early 90 days, um, but you know, my hair just slowly disappeared. Nonetheless, I think mm. it's just a bad magic trick. Uh, but it slowly <laughs> disappeared. Nonetheless, uh, I do have some real estate for sale. If anyone is looking for some property, it's this little cul-de-sac right up top there. Um, very expensive, expensive real estate. Yeah, yeah expen- expensive. absolutely expensive real estate for sure. For yeah. sure. Um, but not everyone has the ability to, you know, shave their head because they got, they, they could have, and, and this is not a slight on anyone, uh, just, you know, just could have a misshaped head. Um, Mm-hmm. And shaving that head could could be a little bit awkward for for them or or for the people who are actually seeing uh, that shaved head. Um, but you know, it's it's definitely a great thing to be able to do and to embrace as well as you so stated. Sure. Um, yeah. So that's huge, um, and that's big on your part to step out like that and give some people something else positive to look for in shaving those heads. Here we go, Billy. I got one more question for you. Uh, right, before we take this last break, uh, and we're going to actually go ahead and get this question answered um, right now. This will be a fun yeah, one. Let's do it. Who has won the most rugby world cups? New Zealand All Blacks. Okay. Yeah, now I'm going to say this. Is that it a is draw? A, that is a correct answer, but there's another team that they're tied with. Can you name the other team that they're tied with for a bonus point? I really hope it's not Australia because I'm not going to say Australia. <laughs> I'll say that. It's not Australia. I'll go ahead and give okay. one. It's not Australia. Okay. Is it England? It is not England, actually. Oh, no. South Africa. It, bing, 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 bing. It is South <laughs> Africa, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. For those, of you, for those of you who are unaware, uh, New Zealand and South Africa are tied uh, for the most successful uh, for the most Rugby World Cup wins uh, in the history of the tournament. Now, my question to you is this. Another bonus question. How many, How many wins <laughs> do they have? How many World Cups do they have each? How many, how, many, how many are they tied at? Three? Three would be the correct answer. Bing, yeah. bing, bing, bing. Billy yeah. Meeks is on fire, ladies and gentlemen. Just oh, like funny. the Guiltinis yesterday putting up a 47 burger against the Dallas Jackals. Billy Meeks goes out uh, on this last one right here and gets those last two answers right on the money. Perfect. Thanks now, for making me feel better. I feel great. Now, here's a side piece to that yeah. as well, guys. New Zealand is the only team to have won consecutive tournaments with victories in 2011 and 2015 in the Rugby World Cup. Um, wow. Interesting fact. Now, it's funny because, you know, 
the the All Blacks is one of the teams that you know most people who aren't really true rugby fans might have heard of. South Africa would be another one. Obviously, England is one as well. Um, I was first introduced to rugby uh, via a movie. Um, I mean, more so in depth would be uh, Invictus. And yep. obviously, uh, New, Zealand, New Zealand was there uh, and a bunch of other teams as well. South Africa obviously was there as well. Um, mm-hmm. Great movie. Uh, very informative. Uh, so listen, Guys, if you haven't had a chance, I'm going to say it one more time. If you haven't gotten out to a rugby match, if you don't know anyone that's into rugby and you thought about it, a great experience. Take the train, take the bus, carpool with some people, come down to the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum, hang out with Los Angeles Guiltinis and Billy Meeks uh, and experience a rugby match down there. It's absolutely amazing. It's on fire. It's fun. Uh, And what better place to do it? Then in a in a stadium where all the fans in the stands have cans in their hands. I mean, it don't get no better than that, guys. Um, Billy, what tell us a little bit more about how we can find you, follow you, catch up with you. Um, I believe we have enough time to get that in real quick. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty social, uh, pretty active on my social media stuff. So it's just mostly on my Instagram. It's um, just Bill Meeks uh, at Bill Meeks. So. Um, yeah, I'm pretty big on sharing pretty much day in, day out what I'm doing. A lot of it's obviously rugby related, but then I'm really into my mindfulness stuff and trying to help as many people as I can and sort of share the game of rugby with the youth here in America. And that's obviously one of the main reasons I came over here. So, yeah, it'd be great to get as many people following along and uh, appreciate heaps all the support I've had so far. That's amazing. Awesome. Hey, guys, also, don't forget to follow the, the Guiltinis on Instagram as well at Giltinis. Um, and again, you can get those Los Angeles Giltinis tickets at uh, guiltinis.com slash schedule. I believe we have one last break we have to take right now. We're going to do that. We're in the lounge with Billy Meeks, center from the Los Angeles Giltinis. I'm your host, Big Lou. We'll be right back. are in the lounge the sports lounge with big lou Everyone, hello and welcome back to the Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KBSB. 
Ten of Barber News Press Radio. I am your host, Big Lou. Gonna jump right into it, guys. I'm, I'm super excited to have my guest on with us today. Um, we have a huge history. Um, how huge? Uh, well, that's neither here nor there because I don't give both of our ages up and nobody needs to know that. We look young. We're just like, <laughs> um, Coach DJ McCarthy, wide receiver. We played together at University of Washington. And from there, he took that experience. And I've got to tell you guys, when we were playing at Washington, we were playing with one of the greatest college coaches in the history of college football, uh, that being Don James uh, and Jim Lambright. I want to give them both a little love right there. Um, I'm going to tell you, when, when you get nicknamed by other people in that arena as the dog father, you must be doing something right, or you must have the right goons on your side, and don't nobody want to send them, uh, see them goons show up at their house. Uh, but that was a nickname that was given to Don James when we were at the University of Washington, the dog father, uh, and he was every bit of that, and that's the way he ran that organization, that team. Um, and this is why we were able to do the things that we did. I can tell you right now, we were definitely probably one of the more sought-out teams to be a part of in that early 90 run, um, three Rose Bowls, two of which we won, one of which being an undefeated national championship season. I mean, you know, for a lot of kids coming out of high school, that's the experience that you want to have. Um, and we were fortunate enough to have that and share that experience together uh, at that time at the University of Washington. So I, I don't even know if I, I call you coach, Coach DJ McCarthy, Coach McCarthy, or can I just call you DJ? I mean, I, I figure I have the, I've earned the right to just call you DJ. So I'm just going to run with that. DJ, what's happening, man? How you been? What's going on? Hey, good afternoon, Lou. Hey, everything's going well. I'm blessed and highly favored, man. Just excited to see you do your thing and spend some time with you. You know, it's it's funny. I'm I'm so grateful for all this technical stuff right now, Zoom and videos, and it, it keeps people in, in 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 connection and contact with one another. And you know, I joke all the time. I've never been the most technically savvy individual out there, um, and I, I I laugh and joke. People saying I still have a MySpace account. Um, whether whether it's active or not, I will neither confirm nor deny, but um, <laughs> I still deal with it here and there. Listen, guys, who's listening, following, watching the show, listening live to the show, let me help you understand who Coach DJ McCarthy really is. Um, I, I mean, his, his coaching resume is it's it's too much to go over, guys. So I'm just going <laughs> to bob and pop and pick pick some things out of here. Um I know he was, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to bob and weave. I have notes right here, but I'm just going to make it a little bit more natural. Uh, I know he coached and spent some time at LSU. Nothing but a, 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 a Petri dish of just absorbing amounts of talent. He obviously has to know what he's doing and talking about to not only engage those guys, but to have success. Uh, he was also at UCLA. Again, another highly touted tradition program uh, that's known for putting guys on the next level. Uh, from there, he's also at UCF. If you guys know anything about University of Central Florida, uh, which is also one thing I want to talk with, with DJ about as well, uh, Brandon Marshall is one of their highly, highly touted players coming out of UCF who DJ actually coached personally and directly. Uh, and I'm sure I know they still have a, a an amazing relationship to this day. Um, and FAU, let me just get into FAU with you guys. Florida Atlantic University, Prior to his position, DJ, he also coached in the CFL. So prior to his position in the CFL, uh, Coach McCarthy served the season at FAU as the Director of Player Development in 2017. He came to FAU as a seasoned veteran of coaching world with 16 years of experience, having mentored 11 receivers into NFL careers, including most recently 
Bethune Cookman's KJ Stroud now playing with the New York Jets. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna say this to you, DJ. Uh, those Jets, they 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 gave my bucks all they could handle. All they could handle yesterday. You know, it's a lot of people do. say, you know, I want to go to an all you can eat buffet, but then they realize how much food is at the buffet and only get one plate. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty much what the Bucks almost had yesterday. So I want to ask from being a player and playing in the, the environment that we did at the University of Washington and then right. going to the next level. What's it like going from a player and learning from coaches who we revere, respect, teaching us the game, and then taking that information, applying it as a player, and then moving on in your career as a coach? What's that like going from player to coach, coaching those type of athletes? Well, you know, we always lied to ourselves thinking that we were those elite athletes. <laughs> and, you know, I, I walked on at Washington. I wasn't a scholarship guy like Lewis and some of those other guys that I had to sit behind to wait my turn to play. So, um, you know, I was 5'6", I was 145 pounds, you know, option quarterback that turned to slot receiver returner. So, you know, but your mindset, right? So at Washington, we had this mindset that we were the best of the best. And, and we had backups that could beat the teams that we were playing. You know, our scout team gave our defense more havoc than the teams that we played against. So, I remember you guys would come back from like um, like Kent State or, 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 or in this case, um, Oregon State or some of the other schools you guys would play. Like, man, you guys give us more head, headaches during the week than we had uh, than we had when we played on Saturday. So, the mindset that we had at Washington about being the best. And I remember when I was being when I when I came on my visit, and I sat with the Knocker Smith and those other guys, and they were like, "Yo, me come win a championship with us, but you got to play against us." So that type of mindset through the recruiting process, through the time of the mat drills, through the time of off-season conditioning, um, and we just had a mindset of being a champion. That's what Don James instilled in us from the top down, from Don James to Lambray to um, Gilbertson, you know, to the position coaches, to the players, and then the older players to the younger players. I think the one thing that we're missing now, so so many of these younger players are playing so early because of the, you know, five-star, four-star, and some of them just talented enough to do that that they don't, they don't get to go through the progression that we got to go through. Like, you know, our, our 50th seniors were our captains and our freshmen came in. You know, you live, you actually live in another dorm. You had to earn your way into the crew house. Right now, they come on campus, they're automatically vetted uh, in because of the name and how things are uh, with, with the way sports are. So you go from being a walk-on to becoming a starter at a, a school like a University of Washington and watching a guy like Mario Bailey. Like, I watched Mario Bailey, and I remember telling the joke, Rio is number five. So when I got a chance to become the starter, I wanted number 10 because I wanted to be twice as good as Mario. Well, Mario was an All-American, you know? Was right. I ever going to get there? Probably not, but my mindset was that. And that's the mindset that everyone on the, everyone that entered that field and got on that field and wanted to play from the four-string walk-on that was there when we was blowing guys out to the All-Americans like Rio and, and Orlando and those guys. We all had that mindset of we were the best, and when you got on that field, you're going to face we're going to face the best, and like we're going to get it in. So you go from being a, a player to being a coach and now you're looking at it from a different different lens, right? So I'm thinking like I'm twice as good as Mario Bailey. There's no way. Mario was freaking – he was who he was. He's probably the greatest Husky of all time. Now I get into the coaching realm, and I'm looking at the difference of people who talk like me but played like Mario. Like it's, there's, a, there's a distinct difference of who you're working with. And when I worked at UCLA and then the next year I went to LSU, there wasn't a receiver on my team at UCLA that would play for me at LSU. <laughs> There was a big difference between the SEC and the Pac-12 at that time, it, comparing the two schools and athletes that I had to work with, right? Not to say that UCLA athletes weren't good. I mean, we ended up beating um, – we played Notre Dame to the end. We had Florida State beat. We beat USC for the first time. 
Um, but when you talk man for man, pound for pound, the receivers at UCLA, none of them were going to start at, UC- at LSU. So, and there was a difference. So, as a coach, you're looking at a bigger picture. Now, of course, you have the big time athletes and the guys who can jump high, fast, run faster, but you still got to look at the intangibles, right? Like, you know, is a kid from, like, I had a guy like Nate Burleson. I had Nate Burleson at, at, at Nevada Arena. Well, Nate Burleson went from a wing T running back in, up there in Seattle, Washington area, O'Day High School, to leading the, leading the NCAA in reception, 138 catches in one year. You know, he had 12 catches his whole high school career. So, well, what's the intangible? He's one of four kids. He's the third kid. He had two older brothers that beat up on him, made him tough, and he became the person that he was. But, you know, you can't measure a champion's heart. can't measure a man's heart. What's his work ethic like? So, um, is it from a single parent home? Is is football his life? Is he using football as a, a means to an end to give him education, take care of his family, or is it just he's the biggest, fastest guy, so he's playing? So you got to look into all those things as you're looking from a, a coach's perspective into a into an athlete. You know, it, it's funny when you when you you know I relate to that so much when you talk about Nate Burleson and, and what he had at home and those intangibles. You know, me, I come from an extremely large family. You know, I'm the baby of ten. Um, and football was not the sport of choice in my home. Um, in terms of that, it was baseball. You know, my, the first born in my family got drafted right out of high school to play pro baseball. I got drafted by the Angels, spent some time with the White Sox, the Red Sox, and got a bad knee injury um, and then fell into drugs and all that other stuff. And it was so unfortunate for him because he was so good so fast and unfortunately was never to work his way out of that rabbit hole um, mm. and since fast forward to today, you know, we, you know, we buried my brother, you know, maybe five years ago now, five, six years ago. Um, and just thinking about that and what they used to push on me and beat up on me and my other cousins and growing up in that time frame, uh, people ask me today, you know, I have two boys, seven and five, and people ask me all the time, you know, Lewis, are you going to let your kids play football with all the head injuries and concussions and things that are going on? I say, listen, everybody who plays football doesn't get hurt. Right. Everybody who plays football doesn't end up with CTE. Like people, you, you hear this new thing that's going on and they take it and they run with it and they make it like this evil thing. Look, football was great. Like like yourself, DJ, football was great to me. Uh, it afforded me the opportunity to get away from home and to experience life, uh, to expand my social skills, my people skills, my communication skills. But moreover, it afforded me a free education. And Absolutely. I tell the kids that I work with today, um, and their parents, I said, look, how cool would it be as much as your parents are invested in you? How great would it be for you to invest your hard work and time and get an opportunity to go away to college for free? What a, great, what a great way to show and give something back to your parents. Um, and for those kids whose parents, you know, are financially in a position who have money put away from, them, then I, I'll give them another little inside trick. I'll say, hey, well, take that money that your parents had for you for school, invest it go to school for free. When you get out of school or you get the opportunity to go to the next level, you can hit the ground in the world running with no debt per se, but you have a little nest egg that you can actually start to live life a little bit. The Sports Lounge right here on AM 1290 KZSB, Santa Barbara News Press Radio. I'm your host, Big Lou. uh, And we're in the Sports Lounge today with my special guest, DJ McCarthy, wide receiver, college professional coach, Devonair. Uh, and he just got here to the lounge himself as well. Uh, Tony Kelly, Tony's back with us as well. Tony, thank you for joining us in the lounge, bud. It's glad to have you. Glad yeah, to be man. here. Happy New Year to everybody. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Real quick, I just want to throw some things out there. Um, 
Coach DJ McCarthy, you can follow him on IG at Coach DJ81. That happened to be his number at Washington, of course. Um, <laughs> yes, you can yes. also follow him at FIU or his FIU at FIU Instagram or FIU Football at FIU.Football. You can also find more on Coach McCarthy at FAUSports.com. He's also a part of a podcast, I Am Athlete podcast also business.entertainment.sports uh guys listen he's a wealth of knowledge uh uh you know that somehow sometimes we get knowledge and information by doing things you know we can sit we can listen we can learn uh but the best information in my most humble opinion it, it goes from the classroom to application right otherwise we just have a bunch of words and listen to people speak and they can get us all excited and fired up and, and get that fire going in us but I think what really keeps that fire blazing and burning um, is going out and applying it and, and trying it. The only way we really know what works best is to go out and do it, right? That's the only way. And sometimes, well, let me rephrase that. Not sometimes. The only way you're going to learn to pick yourself up is you have to fall. That's it. Um, also, for, for Coach McCarthy, for DJ, hashtag bigger than a podcast. Subscribe to I Am, an, I Am Athlete on YouTube. Uh, and you can also check out all the latest fashion at houseofathlete.com. Uh, I'm really going to dive into that fashion stuff in terms of House of Athlete. Uh, don't know why I'm just now learning about this, but that's something that he and I will discuss off air. Um, <laughs> Tony, you had a, a great question while we were at break for, 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 for DJ. So I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to you because um, I, I want to touch on, let me, let, me, let, me, let me set it up this way. Um, everybody saw what happened yesterday with the Antonio Brown uh, mental meltdown is what I like to call it. Um, but I also want to remind people before you're so quick to pass judgment, um, good, bad, and different. Everybody's quick to point a finger when we see things happen, but we don't really know why these things are happening, right? People are always asking the what, like why, 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 but nobody's asking what's going on for these things to be happening. Um, and so I want to address that and talk about that today, Tony. And, and during the break, you know, we you, you had a great question that we were about to discuss. So I'm gonna turn yeah. it over to you, Tony, so you can go ahead and, and uh, present that to, to DJ, and then uh, we can go ahead and, and let the world hear, you know, what's really going on and how we can, you know, better see these things um, and help our athletes, and not just our athletes, just our kids and, and people in life in general. Um, if we we see things that that don't really add up, I mean, again. Uh, I like to tell my kids and all the kids that I work with, mentor, coach, train the adults. I said, listen, one plus one is two everywhere in the world and in every language. Um, we just have to find a way to understand what people are saying and then do our best to listen intently. But then, you know, if we have some advice that we can to share with someone, whether it's an experience, um, a friend, we need to reach out and do a better job of, of helping our athletes and just our kids and people in general, uh, which is one of my goals for this year is to, to be more of a source of help uh, when I see that in, in people who need that guidance. Go ahead, Tony. You got it. Present that question to Coach DJ and let's see what you guys got. Well, Coach McCarthy, thanks for joining the lounge. We really appreciate it with all your expertise and knowledge. I really wanted to get your sense of as a coach slash educator, because coaches are educators as well, how would you, looking at what we saw yesterday from a talented, brilliant route runner, can run the tree, how would you as a coach address what young people saw yesterday, young athletes saw, and other young coaches? How would you address something like that? Or what are some things that you can give to some of these expiring coaches and young athletes 
on how to avoid what we saw yesterday, or can we even avoid what we saw yesterday? Good question. Can we avoid it? Sometimes you can't. Sometimes it's like it's like a car accident, right? It just happens. No matter how how attentive you are, the things that happen, you can't control the other the other drivers on the road. You just don't know. Okay, so it's sad to me to see that happen, right? Um, here's a person that was given another chance. Here's a person that other people stood on the table for. Here's a person that a head coach, an owner, you know, people in the league gave an opportunity to come back after, even after he had the um the card incident, right? The vaccination card incident. Right? Yeah. So, and they still brought him and they still believe him. And then when he came back, they get targeted 15 times. He had 10 catches for 100 yards. So we know he can play athletically. We know who, we know he can do on the field, right? So how does Tom Brady feel today? Hey, I put my I put my cojones on the table for this guy. Let me stay at my house with my kids. I did this, and now this is how it repays me, right? So, but there's so much more to it. Like we all know, like you know, Antonio Brown, his his dad played. In, I played arena ball with his dad when his dad was up in New York and all that stuff. So, and his dad even came out years ago. Like, listen, someone needs to get a hold of my son. If not, he's going to implode. Well, we've seen it happen. We've seen it happen more than once. Right? So, how do I handle that? How would I handle that? I coach a guy like Brandon Marshall. Right? I coach him at Central Florida. And at that time, Central Florida, when we was at Central Florida together, he was not diagnosed with the borderline, uh, um, borderline personality that he has, right? So, but I had to handle it. So I went to junior college at Long Beach City College and psychology was my major. Then I graduated at University of Washington with uh, African-American studies sociology. So how am I able to, to devolve and work with young people as they go through it? You got to know the whys. You got to know why is, why is your kid late? Why is your kid acting certain? Why is your kid in the back of the room sleeping? Why is a player... Um, not looking intent of what's going on, right? It's easy to see someone who's fading off or not really paying attention or or not running the right route, catching the ball. It's easy to holler and scream at him. But the important thing is finding out the why. You know, such what's going on at home. You know, the mother might be ill. They might not have been able to pay the bills. The girlfriend might have broke up with them. Like, um, he's not doing well in class. There's so much that these kids have to go through holistically that, you know, you saw a guy go off yesterday, but what, what's really going on in the background? You know, what's really going on? I mentioned Brandon Marshall because when he wanted out of Denver and they wouldn't let him out, they promised to redo his contract. Well, they didn't redo his contract. So he wanted out. They wouldn't let him out. So what he did, he started kicking balls in practice, knocking balls down and all that type of stuff. So when that hit ESPN, of course, I was at LSU at that time. So I get in my, my receiver meeting room. Here's Brandon LaFell. Here's Early Doucette. Here's Terrence Tolliver. All these guys. So they all plotting up who's going to kick the ball, who's going to knock the balls down. So they, they, they make a game of it, right? So, so of course, now for me, how do I control my room? How do I mean it's funny and joking and all that type of stuff, but I, I got a I got a job to do. I got a boss that I got a, I'm responsible for offensive coordinator. I got to, I got to uh, uh, report to. I got a head coach that I got to report to. Well, if my guys out there kicking balls, knocking, <laughs> knocking balls down, that's reflected on me and my leadership. Mm. So I got to nip it in the bud right now. And I, I talk to coaches all the time. Like players don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. So I spend my whole off season not talking about X's and O's, not talking about routes, not talking about getting off jam. I talk about them as people. We go through goals. We go through what, what's, the, what's their goals going to be. So, and I ask them for permission. So you, you want me to help you to get to where you want to go. You want me to help you, you know, you want me to help you make a million dollars. You want me to help you take care of your mom. You want me to help you become an All-American. You want me to help you become a starter. Well, these are your goals. I can help you get there. And you got to trust me, just like I got to trust that you're going to do what you're going to do on the field or off the field, in the classroom, in the community. You're going to trust that my word is bond. So if, if it's third and eight and I don't get you on the field, it's, it's okay. We're going to get this first down, then we're going to throw to you deep on the next play for a touchdown. So it becomes a trust thing about how much they know they can trust me. 
So, you know, how do I work with that? I, I get with young coaches, like, hey, when you coach you guys, you gotta, you gotta, they gotta, you gotta know them holistically. Um, I learned that word when I was at, at, at University of Washington. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 I to Sandra, you guys remember Sandra, uh, Lewis. But um, yeah. holistically, what's really going on with the kid? What, what was that blow up? That blow up wasn't just about what happened at that game. There was other thing that was going on. I mean, he, and there's more to it. So knowing your kid holistically, earning their trust, knowing that you want what's best for them, that you're gonna help them be the best them they can be, um, make them get to their goals and all that. So, you know, coaching your coaches, coaching your players, under, having them understand and trust who you are and the word and being a man of your word. Hey, if you're not doing well. If you're not going to class, you're not going to play. Well, you can't let that kid miss class and still play. Hey, you, you, you're going to sit next to me until you do what you're supposed to do. Same thing you do as a parent. Same thing I got to do with my 15 year old kid, Dylan. Like, hey, you're going to dean the class. You're not going to be on the basketball court. Well, if I let him play on the basketball court or get on his game, his, his uh, Xbox he just got for Christmas, well, that's on me. And then you can't you can't blame a kid for acting the way he acts because you allow him to do that. 100%. You know what? I want to jump in right quick. And I, you know, I I can echo what, what DJ is saying right there because not not working with a lot of pro athletes, college athletes, but the kids, I get them when they're young. And a lot of the kids that I get as well, you know, they, they're, all, they're all training and doing things for, for all variety of reasons. Some of them right. really do love the game and they want to get better at the game because they think they can be great at it. Some of them are out there because they don't want to be at home because something else is going on at home. You know, um, I just wanted to drop those two things. It is me, the host of the Sports Lounge, Big Lou, right here on AM 1290 KZSB, Santa Barbara News Press Radio. In the Sports Lounge today, we got my special guest, my friend, my fraternity brother, wide receiver coach extraordinaire DJ McCarthy. We also have on, who's a staple of the show now, uh, Tony Kelly as well. And we were basically going over the Antonio Brown thing uh, right before we went to break. We were talking about Antonio Brown, uh, mental health, uh, what's going on with these guys, what we can do to kind of help shape and, and be there for our guys and basically find out what else is going on. You know, a lot of times people say, what's going on in between the ears? Uh, it's more like now, what, what else is going on? Uh, you know what? We do have we're, – we're coming up to the end of the show. Real quick, DJ, I got a couple questions for you. It's the fun part yes, of the sir. show, if you will, uh, just to see how much you may recall or may have forgotten. Or your fan side of the sport, being a wide receiver coach, this first question <laughs> is going to fall right in your wheelhouse, if you will. Okay, guys, if you're listening, you're welcome to call in and be a part of this as well. Um, the question is this. Greatest catch – in a game, would you say it was David Tyree, the helmet catch, Odell Beckham, the one-handed three-finger catch, or Julian Edelman in the catch in the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons? Well, the greatest catch is Odell Beckham. I mean, LSU receiver, by the way, that I recruited there. That was, that was <laughs> unbelievable. The most important one was one of the ones from the San Diego uh, for the New York Giants when they went down and beat uh, New England in the Super Bowl. Done. Listen, guys, I just want to get that part out there. We have to wrap this thing up. We got some other things to do, some more bills to pay, but I want to send a big special shout-out to DJ McCarthy, wide receiver coach extraordinaire. Thank you for joining the show, Fred. I, man, I'm glad to have you on. We're going to talk Thanks, a little bit more about this. Tony, Absolutely. always a pleasure having you on. Uh, and for all you guys out there listening, thank you guys for listening, following, watching the show. Uh, I am your host of the show, Big Lou, the Sports Lounge, right here on AM 1290 KZSB, Santa Barbara News Press Radio. We'll see you next week. The Sports Lounge with Big Lou is brought to you by Evolve Entertainment. The Sports Lounge with Big Lou's executive producers are Jeremiah Higgins and Lewis Jones. I am the commentator and co-host, Tony Kelly. 
The Sports Lounge with Big Lou's master sound engineer is Dr. D, a.k.a. Richard Dugan. See you next week in the lounge, the Sports Lounge with Big Lou. Oh, yeah.